Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, happy to have you join us for a new episode today. I had such a good conversation with the client, I wanted to share with you a takeaway and how you can apply what we talked about to ultimately not only create safety in your relationship, but remove the desire that a husband feels to turn to pornography. Because when somebody can actually remove the desire, that's one of the best forms of providing safety in a relationship is having this internal change, specifically with the desire or the interest in even watching or searching for anything. And so this particular client I was working with today had such a good insight and in terms of an outcome, he had a great insight in terms of what he wanted to accomplish. Because one of my main focuses when I work with guys in this program is I want them all to leave this process. It's a 12-week process. And the goal is to really target the core of why they're struggling so that by the time we finish these 12 weeks, they're in a completely different place with a heart change. And one of the heart changes involves losing the desire or any interest in watching pornography. Because when somebody gets there, they can just live their life. I, I hear people say this word, like, I just want to feel normal. So, you know, whatever normal is, I know what they mean when they say that, which is I just, I'm not plagued by this anymore. I don't think about it. I'm not constantly hypervigilant and worried about another slip. I just, I don't even think about it. It's not even in my life anymore. I have no desire, I have no interest. I'm moving forward with other things in my life and I'm finding more meaning and fulfillment in other ways. And so that's a huge goal that I have for so for, for all the guys that I work with, which this is, I feel like the heart of the work is losing the desire. I think so many people work so hard to try to combat the temptations and to resist the urges, but really, I just, I, I don't feel like that's very sustainable. And for people who do have success in that approach, it takes such a long time to develop the muscle necessary to push away the urges. Because I find that so many men that I work with, those urges will come back and then eventually they get tired and then they turn back to it because they can't resist anymore. And then they feel bad about themselves because they think, well, if I had more willpower, if I had more discipline, I'd be able to overcome this. When the reality is I, I've just seen it be so effective to go the other way, which is instead of resisting temptation, you just simply eliminate the desire for it altogether. And most of the men that I work with, a part of them doesn't desire it. They feel... They feel disgusted with themselves that they keep turning to it. But in the moment that they're triggered, there is another part of them that does desire it. And that's where a key part of the work is. So as I had a conversation with somebody when I was working with him today, he said, I just, I, I find myself getting excited by the idea of pornography. I feel this like adrenaline, this like pit in my stomach, my heart rate increases. There's a physiological response when he thinks about or is triggered. If he thinks about pornography or searching for something, he still feels a sense of like excitement or adrenaline. And so I said, I totally get that. That's a result of conditioning. Because if you get, it's like Pavlov's dogs, right? It's like the researcher who rings the bell, gives the dog food, the dog salivates. He does that over and over and over again. Eventually, there's an association between the sound of the bell and what the dog anticipate what the dog anticipates happens next. So even without the sight of food, the dog will still start to salivate because he's been conditioned to do so. This is no different for us as human beings. 
through conditioning, through association, when there's some kind of a trigger, and then when somebody has, through conditioning, turned to pornography to escape their pain, to it's a it's a either a, an escape from pain it's a way to cope it's a way to numb out it becomes a habit which fully becomes more and more entrenched the more that they turn to that and so in this process he said i just feel this excitement still i said that i totally understand that that makes sense because of all the reasons that i just shared and i said this is our goal is to really eliminate that and so the feedback that i gave him and man i, I wish everybody who's listening to these podcasts could be in on these calls with us there's just so much value in getting customized feedback. So for people who are interested in this and who have been working at this for a long time, please know you don't have to do this alone anymore. I, if there's any, if any of what I've shared with you in these podcasts resonates, I'd love to support you and customize all of these tools to your situation. And so what I shared with him was the takeaway was that excitement will go away when the void is filled with something that actually meets your needs. And so he's like, okay, well, that makes sense. Well, what do you mean? Can you describe that a little further? I said, based on the work that we've done together, the time that we've spent, there is a void that exists within you that you're trying to use pornography to fill. I said, that just, it's not how it works. It's like having a leak or a crack in a bucket. It doesn't matter how much water you put into the bucket, it'll never be enough. Because whatever you put in there just leaks right through. And so I said, this is no different. When somebody has a void on the inside and they turn to pornography as a way to try to fill that, in a moment, there's a flash of adrenaline and dopamine. But very, very shortly thereafter, they leave feeling empty again. And so then the brain kicks in and thinks, well, I feel empty. So I'm going to turn back to pornography. I'm going to find a different image. I'm going to find a better image. I'm going to look for this particular thing. And then you find it and then there's a flash of dopamine. But then you go right back to the place of feeling empty again. So I said that this will all go away when the void is filled with something that actually meets your needs. And so he said, well, what's your sense on the void that I'm experiencing right now? And I said, based on all of what we've talked about in your specific situation, the void is the breakdown in your relationship. And for this particular client, which is common for many men that I work with, there's a there's a total disconnect in their marriage because, of course, a wife feels so much pain that she retreats behind a wall of protection. She doesn't want to get hurt anymore. So she puts up a wall of either distance or anger so she doesn't have to keep re-experiencing the pain of him turning to pornography and then lying and hiding and then the lack of trust and everything that follows. And so she's in total protection mode. And as a result of that, their relationship is just not good. And he feels lonely and disconnected and wants so much to make progress, but he keeps hitting this wall. And so I said, for you specifically, this is my sense based on what you shared. And he's like, this completely rings true for me. And so I said, okay, based on this, my encouragement is to go back and have a conversation. And this is the direction that I would encourage you to have this conversation. And I gave him some specific things to talk about and ways to help repair some of the damage that she had felt, and then how to take next steps so that you can fill the void, which is, for him, it was a lack of connection. It was a total breakdown and the disappointment that goes with that, he would turn to pornography to cope. And so as he continues to move forward and addresses this void, 
that excitement, that anticipation, the adrenaline, all of that will go away because pornography will no longer serve any type of purpose. The purpose that it's currently serving, it's a coping mechanism. It's a crutch. And it's not very, it, it's, it, it doesn't work very well. But at this particular time, if this is really all he has, and a part of what we'll continue to do is build in other tools, build in new ways of coping, all of that's included in the work that we do. But for him in particular, the void is the breakdown in the relationship. So him finding ways to repair that, to communicate differently, to help support her so they can develop trust and connection together, that will be the major thing that solves this for him. I want to share with you two other examples just to get your mind going in this direction because this is both for a husband and wife. If if you're if you're looking if you're a woman listening to this and you don't really have safety in your relationship and you're just you're you're experiencing something that I just described where he's continuing to fall back into these old patterns, he's acting out, there is no trust, it doesn't really feel like there's much movement, there's not going to be safety for you. And so for you both to understand what's the void here? And not every single person has a void. Most people find that it's a way to cope. For other people, it tends to be more of a habit. But the vast majority of people, there's some kind of a, an inner, there's some kind of an either an inner wound, a negative belief that needs attention, some negative way of, it's a negative way of coping with your emotions. There's just some inner work that needs to be done. And so for both husband and wife who's listening to this or, or you know, man and woman who's listening to this if you're not married, the idea is to get perfect clarity on why this is happening so that then the path for solutions becomes even more clear. Because if you know why, if you can diagnose and assess why something's happening, then there's a bunch of tools and strategies to deal with that particular issue, just like this, this client that I mentioned to you. His breakdown was the relationship. And there, the good news is there's tons of good tools that you can put in place to resolve the pain that you feel in your relationship, to fill that void in a way that meets your needs. So I want to share with you two other examples. Number one, or, or rather, number two, the second example is I've, I remember this, uh, this client that I worked with who found himself going outside, going to grocery stores, just as he shopped or as he's at the gym. He find that he would just scan and he'd be scanning for the attention of another woman, some other woman who's there. Because what he found is that when he got attention from somebody, it sent him the message that he was enough. He got the sense of validation by getting you know, some kind of attention or somebody makes eyes at him or somebody sends a signal that they're interested or he's attractive to them. There's just these little nonverbal cues that he would pick up on. And when he picked up on the sense that, okay, this girl thinks I'm attractive, that was this hit of validation for him. And so he would go out, just day to day, go out and just like he's living, right? He's living his life. But as he's out, he's doing this. And this for him, as we spent time in the session together, this for him was the, the void that this revealed was a lack of self-esteem and a sense of not just, if just not being good enough. And somehow when he was younger, when he got attention from another girl, that was flattering, that was exciting for him. This was all new when it first happened. And that, he conflated that excitement with worth. He missed, he missed there was a, a, a misinterpretation, the excitement, the adrenaline, this uh, experience that he had when he got somebody's attention when he was young, right? Like middle school, high school. 
he confused that with, I feel worthy. I feel like I'm enough. Instead of it just being excitement and adrenaline and this is like, you know, I, there's there's uh, this chemistry between us. So this is fun. Like this is new. He put this label of, I feel worthy now. And so now as he grew up, he started, he, he just rather reinforced this idea of getting attention from another woman as validation. So he would seek it. And when he'd get it, it'd give him this hit. But like I mentioned in the previous example, self-worth does not come from getting sexual attention from another person. That's just not where that, that's just not where it comes from. And so for the guys who struggle with feelings of self-worth, when they find it in another woman, or even I've worked with guys who when they watch pornography, they know that they're, it's just like images on a screen, but somehow it speaks to them on that self-worth level. Even intellectually, they know it's like, okay, these, nobody even knows me. I'm just watching this like image here. But somehow they start to feel almost like chosen or special or feeling like there's something here, right? And again, intellectually, they can know that's not the case, but it speaks to that part of them, that child, that part that was formed in childhood, that sexual energy speaks to that sense of being enough and validated. And so as he and I did our work together, <clears throat> after discovering that this is where the breakdown was for him, we focused on recalibrating where he found his worth. And when he started to discover his worth in an internal way, and when he started to break these old beliefs of where worth comes, where worth comes from, when he started to break these associations that getting sexual attention means I'm valid, you know, it validates me. Him doing this really, really good inner work to rewire all of that was then what got him to the point of going out, going to the gym, going to the grocery store, doing his day. And he no longer found himself scanning anymore because it didn't serve the purpose. He no longer had the need or the desire or the subconscious compulsion to be scanning for ultimately his validation. It wasn't even about a woman. It was about the message that that sent to him. So when he rewired everything on an internal level and found his self-worth in a new way, and again, like how we did that, it was, it's different for everybody. Everybody's, everybody can, everybody can, people can find it in different ways. And so it just kind of depends on where the blocks are. But as he and I did the work together, it was released and he felt like, I'm enough independent of any of that stuff. I'm enough in and of myself. When that became wired in for him, he could then go out and go to the gym and let's say somebody did send some kind of a nonverbal cue that he was attractive. No longer was that validating for him. Instead, it was just like flattering. It's like, oh, you know, that's like that's nice. That's kind of that's cool, whatever. It wasn't a big deal anymore. It didn't speak to that wound or the void that he was previously filling. And so this was another example of how, uh, for this particular client, it was the inner work of not feeling enough, not feeling his worth. And when he got that void filled, then the behavior no longer served the purpose. The last example that I want to share is a client that I worked with. And this is, again, a lot of people that I work with. In childhood, they don't really get the support that they need on an emotional level from their parents. And our parents are our first core relationships. And of course, they have an influence on how we see ourselves. They have an influence on how we you know, learn to be in the world. And every parent 
my guess, my sense is most or every parent does the best that they can. And so when we trace somebody's challenges back to their childhood, the purpose is not to lay the blame at the feet of the parents. Parents are doing the best that they can. Yet, despite doing our best, you know, I heard the quote, nobody escapes childhood unscathed. So whether it's from an interaction from a parent or from a friend or a teacher or, you know, whoever, we all develop wounds when we grow up. And in our adulthood, if these wounds are still running our internal programming, as it were, or how we see the world, or they have still control over our beliefs, then that, that's where people run into problems. And so for this particular client, he didn't get the support from his parents. He never really got any praise. He didn't really get any affection. Wasn't told that his parents were proud of him, that they loved him. It was just, it was just an emotionally disconnected type of relationship. And so as a result of that, he never really got the comfort that he needed when he had a hard time. And he was exposed to pornography when he was young, and it became this like pseudo attachment figure, meaning he turned to pornography as a way f- to find a sense of soothing. And there's, I've done episodes, I, I can't tell you which one, this has been a long time, I'll probably have to, I'll have to do another one on this, but this idea of how crucial a sense of attachment is. There's a researcher by the name of John Bowlby who developed an idea that he called attachment theory, which states that everybody from the cradle to the grave has a built-in, so this is what attachment is, it's a built-in desire and a longing for connection, comfort, and acceptance. We all have that no matter what age. And so when those needs of attachment and connection and acceptance are not met, those are Oh, let me actually take a step back. When we get, when we feel attached or when we are attached and there's connection, acceptance and belonging, that is, that provides comfort for us emotionally. That's our safe base. It's like, it's our safe haven. It's our home base. And so for this particular client, he did not have a home base with his parents. He didn't have a source where he could get comfort. And so pornography started to serve this pseudo attachment role, meaning he turned to it for a sense of comfort, for a sense of relief. And in the moment, it provided a sense of, it, it provided that, albeit not very, in, not in a healthy way, not in a sustainable way, but comfort in the sense that it was an escape for his pain. And so he learned to turn to that as an escape and it became this source of comfort for him. And for this particular client, the void that he felt was a lack of connection It was a lack of acceptance and belonging and a lack of feeling comforted when he was going through struggles. And so the work became building these attachment figures in his life. For this particular client, he wanted that to be a spouse. And I feel like if you're married, that's a built-in partner where you can develop the relationship into a resource so both of you can find comfort. And this is, I think, the value of doing this work together. Or at the very least, working on implementing tools to build bridges together because when you do this together both of you become a resource for the other person the marriage instead of becoming a source of pain it becomes a source of comfort and support and acceptance it's a built-in attachment system and so 
The work that he and I did was to help him develop new habits, to find comfort in new ways. And a part of how he did that was build the relationship into a safe haven where he and his wife could connect and they could find that comfort there together. So they both benefited from the work that they did. And so as you reflect on these examples and thinking about your own situations, whether you're a husband or wife listening to this, the work is the same. Whenever there's a void or a breakdown, there's a longing that we want to have that filled. And so figuring out specifically what that void is, and then once you identify what it is, mapping out what you need to do or what you need to put in place and how to address that void in a way that actually meets your need in a healthy way. That's one of the one of the more powerful ways for a husband to get to the point where he just, the desire goes away. And then when there's no desire, there's no temptation. It's like becoming a non-smoker. It's like I remember, again, I can share with you multiple case examples where husbands achieve this place where they're just like, I'm good. I don't need this anymore. It has no more pull. And because there's no more pull, I don't feel any more temptation. And that's such an exciting place to be for husbands. They feel totally empowered. It's so comforting and promotes safety for his wife. Because if she knows and believes and can see that it's not even a thing in his life anymore, They can move forward because the work has been done. There has been internal changes and tools and strategies that have been put in place that create a a new future together without the pornography following them around anymore. So my encouragement is, as you're listening to this, to identify what your void is, map out what steps you need to take to address that, and getting the tools that relate, just like I shared the different examples today, Getting the tools that you need that are related to the void that you feel like you've been trying to fill, that's how you're going to find the freedom that you're hoping for. And so that's my wish for you this week, is that you can take some time to reflect on that so that you can map out a plan to then take some action to resolve this. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these Uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship. So you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.